the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Situation Report today. Very glad to have you join me. This is the show, of course, where we do our very best to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. And as culture changes, there is one area that we must engage. (laughs) And one of those areas, there are many, I guess, but one of the areas we must engage is with young people who are coming up. We always talk about the next generation. We talk about the legacy that we're leaving. We talk about those who will carry us forward. And yet we invest, and when I say we, I mean conservatives, invest very little effort and time in connecting with those who are coming up behind us, those who will be the next generation of this nation and will lead forward. And I'm very thankful to have someone on with us today who speaks so well to this issue and many other issues, of course, but this issue specifically has been doing this work. So grateful for today's guest, Vish Bura. Our guest today is Vish Burra, and Vish is the VP of the New York City Young Republicans Club, a staffer for Congressman Matt Gates, former producer of Bannon's War Room. Uh, Vish, really appreciate you taking some time to be with us today, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have like a really incredible and very interesting background. So before we jump into some specific topics, and, and there's a lot I'd like to talk about, um, give us your background. Talk about growing up and, and kind of what formed you and what got you to where you are today. Sure. So, uh, you know, I'm from uh, Staten Island, New York. Uh, it's currently where I'm at right now uh, in my home. And, uh, you know, it was definitely a, a, a rough experience growing up, uh, especially during the Obama years. And, uh, mm. you know, I kind of um, had to find a way to, you know, uplift myself out of that and you know i i made some bad decisions and and got in with the wrong crowds and started doing the wrong things but you know there there was a moment in my life where that um that had to change and so you know i i was a i i was selling weed at the time um Mm. but that but you know then there was a raid on my house uh you know and and i was prosecuted for that and you know it, it really uh just kind of uh gave me the perspective of the time that I needed to, to realize that, Hey, you know, I might be talented and putting some things together, but you know, I got to do it for the right reasons too. And that sort of took me on a path to reform myself and, and, uh, become a, a technology professional, a software professional. And finally, when I thought I had made it, you know, uh, I turned on the TV in February, 2016 and it seemed like the world had gone crazy (laughs) <laughs> Donald Trump's running for president, and I'm trying to make yeah, him right. feel this. And you know, as I'm as I'm watching everything unfold, and I'm and I'm watching how how the Democrats are stealing the you know the the election at that time or the nomination from <clears throat> Bernie Sanders with Hillary Clinton. You know, there was no no way in my conscience I could I could vote for for you know somebody who may be you know involved in some you know criminal activity. You could kind right. of infer and deduce that's, you know, kind of right, right in front of you in your face. 
And so, you know, that that kind of prompted me to get on the Trump train. And that that made a lot of my friends uh, in New York City disown me, you know, a lot, of them, <laughs> a lot of them being liberals. And and, uh, you know, when he won, I thought it would be a moment that the country would come together uh, and and, you know, try to figure out their problems. And instead, the exact opposite happened. And I realized I had to do more than just vote if I if I really you know care about this country and, and its problems. And that's when I uh, decided to get involved in, in you know, activism and politics, whatever way I can. And um, that's what led me first to the Staten Island Young Republicans uh, in April of 2017. But then wow. uh, that would eventually lead me to the New York Young Republican Club, which I saw yep. as a place with massive potential. And that's when Gavin Wax and I took it over, yep. president and vice president. And we've kind of turned the, the club now into the crown jewel of the, the entire Young Republican Federation nationally. Um, what were some of the, so other than, you know, Hillary's a criminal and I can't support that. What were some of the maybe philosophical or, or principles uh, that, that led you to look at Trump as a viable alternative? Obviously, you know, you mentioned this, you're in a liberal city, you have liberal friends, you don't come from a super conservative background. So what happened in your brain where you went, you know what, that makes sense to me? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's a, I would say there's, there's a, there's a layering of experiences that I had. Um, you know, first of all, I've, uh, I've had a job since I was 13 years old. Uh, I was a paper boy, you know, I was a waiter yeah. when I was 16, you know, I worked yeah. in data entry and, and stuff, uh, even though I dropped out of high school. Uh, got, got kicked out of my first college. Uh, you know, the, the organized <laughs> school system was never for me, but one sure. thing I did certainly did understand was work and, and working hard and, and, you know, just keeping yourself busy, you know, idle hands are the devil. And so, mm-hmm. and so, uh, you know, that what one thing I, I never really understood <clears throat> an argument was, you know, I can't get a job because uh, they're racist or, you know, they, yeah, they right, you know, th- right. that, that I never, never understood. I was, you know, I live on Staten Island, not exactly, uh, you know, uh, a, a, the multicultural center of New York city, uh, right. you know, but still I was, I was, you know, able to get a job and, and worked as, again, since I was 13 years old. Uh, that's one thing. And then another thing is, you know, I, I look back and I, you know, I'm regretful for my time when I was, you know, doing the wrong things in the street, you know, running a, you know, a, a weed enterprise. Um, but, but one thing I did understand was economics and organization yeah, sure. due to that, you yeah. know, and, um, you know, the policies that the Democrats propose from just a purely economic, you know, numbers two plus two perspective do not make sense. Right. And so I can't, you know, in my conscious knowing how to do math, uh, you know, vote for those policies. Um, But then, you know, there was also there was also an experience um, where I, I, you know, as I was coming up in the software industry and trying to break into that, you know, I saw the uh, effects of the H-1B visa and how it's actually played behind the scenes and how that whole economy and market works. And uh, it I, I honestly, it, it completely offended all my sense of sensibilities as an American. Uh, and and I just, you know, I, there was no way. And when when Donald Trump came and pointed out that immigration of all kinds, you know, illegal and legal 
are are issues and serious things that we need to seriously reform. Yeah. That yeah. struck a chord with me, seeing how the high skilled uh, labor market works behind the scenes. You know, knowing how that works, you know, it just I I I, I thought that he was speaking to a real issue, uh, a, an issue that that goes down. You know not just from a demographic perspective, but a, a cultural pr- perspective of, of why are we bringing the, these folks here in the first place and why is it that Americans can't do these jobs or, yeah, or why good. is it that we're not incentivized to have Americans prepared for these jobs? Um, you know, uh, and what's the, what's the deep down the root problem of that? You know, all these, these experiences I had sort of made me realize that, you know, hey, maybe for a long time I have been lied to. And, you know, the Republican Party isn't just a party for, for <laughs> white people, you know, and then right. there are some real ideas here, you know, maybe not the best messengers or the best representatives of those ideals. Um, but certainly, you know, the 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 everyday conservative is likely operating on just, you know, simple science and math and logic. And, and, you know, when things don't make sense, they, they call that out and they, you know, and that's, that's sort of what I've come to realize. And Donald Trump kind of personified that on a, on a national international stage. And so, you know, for, for me, all of that makes sense and therefore I'm, I'm going to vote for it, you know. That's good, man. So I, uh, I had the opportunity to interview Bryson Gray um, a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you know Bryson, but uh, let's go Brandon fame. He, he, I was, he I was in a movie song. with Bryson. And, uh, and, okay. And yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so awesome guy. And, and I asked him the same question, like, coming from where you came from, why is it that you, you know, became so conservative? What was that process like? He said, it started back in my neighborhood. The drug dealers in my neighborhood were better business people than anyone in the Democratic Party. And he's like, I'm serious, man. They know how to run a business. They understand yeah. economics. And, and just like you, you said, just working and watching how things work, I knew that there's a right way and a wrong way, and that led him down that path. And um, yeah. it's really interesting how kind of the intellectual elites, you know, the people who didn't get kicked out of high school and college, uh, <laughs> they, they're the ones leading this thing, but they have no idea because they have no real experience with, with these issues that we're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, and, and, and to speak to what Bryson kind of touched upon, and what I would even, you know, take a step further to say, you know, yeah, the, you know, the, the economics themselves definitely don't make sense. But, you know, in a in a uh, there's another thing that, that you understand coming up hard that way, you know, uh, to, to survive, you got to be a man, you know, and, right. and that and, and to survive <clears throat> right. in, the, in those environments, you got to be you got to stand stand strong and tough. You know, you got to be a man to survive in these places. And so uh, uh, we, you know, um, that is part, I think, part of what we see is that a lot of policies that we see are 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 kind of meant to castrate not just men like culturally, but economically and, and, and mm. you know, in, in a societal way. And that's also some, you know, when we talk about the culture wars, that's also an aspect of that. Yeah. When when you look at yourself, um, you know, not economically or even, you know, as a as an American, but socially, do you consider yourself socially conservative? And and if so, where did where did that come from for you? Absolutely, uh, you know, I'm I'm a so I'm of Hindu upbringing, um, you know, um, but um, I also went to Catholic school. I'm a big fan mm. of Jesus, you know, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and and, right. and I actually had some of the best uh, religion grades in school as well. 
Uh, and so, um, even though I wasn't, even though I wasn't, um, you know, a, a person of that faith, uh, that's because you were paying attention and the other kids weren't is probably what happened there. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, but, uh, you know, what definitely, you know, I see myself as a social conservative, but I think there's a paradigm on a national and international level that's taking place as well, where, you know, back in, in the, the Bill Clinton, new Democrat days, uh, what you had was this paradigm that Bill Clinton was trying to thread, where he calculated the, the public as being socially liberal but fiscally conservative. Right. And, that's right. And if he and if he if he thread that needle, he would have you know a, a a majority electorate. And you know maybe some part of that was true back then, but I think what the new paradigm is now is that what you have are actually folks that are fiscally liberal in the sense that, hey, we're not necessarily against government spending if we can spend those resources on things that actually work and, and, and for policies that matter. But we're also socially conservative, but not socially conservative in, in the sense that, hey, you know, I hate my gay uncle or I hate my gay right, nephew. Right, sure, yeah, right, 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 right. But it's more to the sense like go and inject my kids with hormones and tell them they need to cut yeah. their genitals off, right? <laughs> yeah, and right. So, so I think that that is now the new paradigm to thread because the windows have shifted so much in terms of what it actually means to be socially conservative today with the spectrum widening of what's po- possible and what's being advocated for by the elites. Yeah. You know, and, and and the 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 crazier that stuff is, the more out of touch they seem with the normal person. And I think that that's what you see going on with not just woke culture and you know critical race theory, but the the massive rejection of it on a grassroots level. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow, and Mike has just announced that our customers will receive one of his books. What are the odds? From crack addict to CEO absolutely free with any purchase using our promo code. And if you haven't heard Mike's story, you need to. Fantastic book. You'll get it for free. And now's a great time to buy not just all of the other things that they offer, but to buy yourself a pair of my slippers. Fantastic slippers. They're designed to wear indoor and outdoor all day long. I know this because I wear them indoor and outdoor as often as I can. Uh, They're fantastic. In fact, my wife and kids make fun of me for wearing them all the time. Uh, They're just that good. They're comfortable. They keep your feet warm, made with quality leather suede. They are fantastic. For a limited time, Mike is offering 50% off of his MySlippers using our promo code. Here's what you need to do. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use the promo code SITREP. That's promo code SITREP. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including some overstock products such as individual towels, blankets, comforters, so much more. Anything you need for your house, you can find it there. Uh, Find it there or call 1-800-870-0283 and use the promo code SITREP. You've you've done a great job of connecting with young people. There's a a viral video of you. Uh, I think it's even on on your Twitter page. I think it can be found there. Uh, at the New York City Young Republicans Club, and you're talking, and people are going crazy. Um, you, you've 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 just got a great way of connecting with young people, and I think that's been a real challenge for conservatives. You know, historically, has been connecting with younger voters, younger people, 
and, and making the case that you just made so well. <laughs> um, many conservatives can't make that case. Um, as you look at, at young voters and, and more specifically young urban voters, uh, what are some of the thoughts that conservatives need to be thinking? What are some of the things they need to be saying? How can they communicate these core principles to, to young people who don't necessarily think the way that they do? Yeah, you know, what, what I find is that, you know, there's a there's a stereotype that, you know, let's say what makes up most of the Republican base or the movement are old people and not really young people. And the Democrats have that <laughs> the other way right. around. And maybe to some some extent, that's true. But what I would say is that what I've come to find, you know, when we took over our club in April of 2019, we had about. 60 members on the roll and now we have mm. over a thousand and wow. and and you wow. know and 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 uh over a thousand and it's about to be april of 2022 so you know give or take three years right uh what now in that process in that story in the growth of that club it's not just that we just brought these people together and they have you know have events but they end up doing business together they end up you know working for and with each other and they end up getting married to each other and huh. maybe end up having kids with each other. Right. And, and yeah. so what I think that what the, the, the formula to be found here is what we want to do or what I would encourage the, the older, you know, conservatives and Republicans out there who have, you know, resources, money and, 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 and connections and, and, and jobs and, and, and stuff like that, you know, just anything really that they should be looking to facilitate and, and nurture, you know, the young folks that they do have to being really mm. strong and viable. You know, my one conserv my one young conservative can take on 10 of your demo, your young Democrats. You know what I mean? Yeah. That like, that's the, you know, it, you know, instead of looking to maybe, to maybe, uh, uh, just getting, you know, big numbers in terms of, you know, we want the, the youth vote. You don't necessarily need to, to think that that way. Can you fortify the youth vote that you have? Can you make them really strong and influential and active and maybe do more than just vote or donate? But they, they may, you know, a, a lot of conservatives I, I tend to find, you know, at heart and when they're young, what they end up doing is they go and be the best at whatever the, the industry right. or the, the field <laughs> it is that they're in, they go and make money. They go and turn that, you know, turn that talent into cash. Right. And, yep. and that is why you don't have so, so, so many young folks in the movement, working in the movement because they're too busy going and being mm. the best instead of being right. the best here. Right. Right. And so, so that is sort of the, the key that we cracked at the New York young Republican club. Cause what it really is, is a young professionals group, right? These are a lot of folks who are employed and, finance and fashion and tech and all the other industries except politics itself right and so what now what what the what the what the um what the mission is not is to not only foster their connections with each other but then convert them to taking their talents and bringing it into the political realm and the activism realm and the government service realm so that what we should be doing is pooling our best young people together strengthening yep. them and fortifying them and spreading them out into the the activist movement and into the machine of politics and the machines of government 
right? And that's that's what the the mission should be, and there should be a focus on that from a from a you know organized national perspective as a as a yeah. main and core mission of what the party is doing and and what the movement should be doing for each other. How is that done nationally? Is it through you know more clubs like yours continuing to expand? Is there a national message that needs to be uh, be delivered? Is it communicating better? What what's the process of of coalescing that nationally? Well, you know, a lot of these folks who are good at it already have have done it without the support. For example, mm. our club not not until recently did we start getting some you know more major benefactors. Who are willing to start doling out, you know, yeah. uh, five-figure checks and six-figure checks. Sure. You know, now we we haven't even gotten our first six-figure check yet. You know, we just got our first few five-figure ones recently. Yeah. Right. But yeah. other than that, it's been sort of member-sourced and crowd-sourced the funds and 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 how we finance our operation. Right now, we're not the only ones. We may be the best at showcasing how we do it. Right. But right. we're not the only ones. And so there, there are other clubs. They may be young Republican clubs. They may not be, right? But wherever the young, talented people who are working and putting their sweat and blood into the movement, like those people need to be platformed and those people need to be injected with, with juice, with resources, you know, yeah. uh, with, with money, connections, you know, access, whatever it is. You know, those are the people that the, – the young folks who are talented – cultivate them foster them you know don't reject them because you know they're they look at you and say well you know you're <laughs> you're kind of old and your politics suck or are outdated right it's like if right. you really believe in the future of this country the, you know it's like well you seem to know where the base is and all the people seem to be with you well let's cultivate that right yeah, that's, that's right it, it, the investment in our own uh, in our in our future is actually very spry, very sparse. You know, um, that's that's a it's a real shame. It seems like we um, we talk about the young vote, we want the youth vote, but we don't want their participation until they become old, like the rest of us. And so, right. Uh, there's there's this isolation, and it it really is unfortunate. And you can't build on that. We can't just wait until they come along. We have to invest now. Exactly. You have to. It's a it's a consistent investment process right uh it's uh, the the there will always be young people right and so you should be focused on what your farm system looks like right Right. that's that like that's a a, it should be a major where are you sourcing your talent should be an initiative in and of itself right but what these what these folks are doing is you know they're just hoping for the next rich guy that walks in and says hey i think i can fix you know i think i can fix what's going on Oh yeah, you think you can fix what's going on? We'll get you elected. Just pay all me and my homies, like you know, money to run your campaign sure. or whatever. And like maybe right, we get right. you elected, maybe we don't. But you know, yeah, that's 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 what politics is now, right? And there should be more of a coordinated effort in in farm and the way we we farm our talent. That's good, man. That's good. I was just reading an article uh, earlier today about um, church growth. I'm, I'm pretty focused on church growth and, and I like to learn about it. And um, this would be kind of evangelical church growth and how there's a gap between the youth and older parishioners, those who attend church. 
And part of the reason is because for generations we've said, well, they need to be over there. They need to do that thing over there. Let's support the youth or the kids or let's send them to camp. But we have not included them in what's really happening. And so now there's this huge gap. And I think it's exactly the same when we talk about politics is if we don't include them and we push them over there, then that's where they're going to stay. And and we really hurt ourselves by doing that. Yeah. You know, and look, um, and that's not to say there's not a way to way to do it. Uh, you know, maybe um, the youth's interest in, you know, church groups have gone down, but the youth's interest in social groups have gone way up. You can there's right, statistics sure. all over this, up, you know, about this everywhere. People are looking yeah. for their communities. Right. Organize those communities. Figure it out. You that's know good. what? I, when you know. How did I make a decision as a as a as a young guy that that I was going to sell weed? Well, everybody in my friend network around me smoked weed, right? And so and yeah, so right. that's that's what you come to that's what you provide, right? And yeah. so we we need to take that same mentality. You know? That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, what are some of the issues that young people are concerned about or interested in? Uh, that we're missing. I, and I think we sometimes speak over each other, past each other. Um, your generation and, and maybe a little bit younger than you, what are the issues on the top of their mind? What are they What are they worried about right now? Yeah, I, but we're trying to establish our place in society, right? Ultimately, what we want to do is we want to own stuff. We want to grow up, right? What's the, you know, as a, as a kid, you know, one of, one of our favorite questions to be asked or we ask other people, yeah, right. what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. We have such yeah. a we have such a from a young age, we have such a a fixation on on what we're going to be. And ultimately, what what we want to be is like important and revered in our in our society and be established and and yeah, and, and, you know, at the very least, you know, be rich or something, be accomplish something. Right. Yeah. And so and, and, and so what we should be doing is encouraging policies that will make our, you know, allow our, our young to grow and establish themselves. Right. And yeah. through, and the ones who work hard should be, you know, should yeah, be the ones good. who are eating the most, you know what I mean? Because they need to build themselves up quickly. You're talking about income inequality, you know, from the rich and between the rich and the poor. Well, let's talk about the old and the young too. Yeah. Right? How right. are they ever going to get to where you guys are? Right. Is is yeah. the is the question we need to facilitate that we want to establish ourselves. That's why I think young men are are and young minority men, especially are so they gravitate are starting more to gravitate towards Republicans because they see that at least like, you know, conser- with conservatism, we're, we will be allowed to hustle for our dollar. Right. Whoever yeah. is the hungriest to get it is going to be the person to get it. Right. And like, yeah. I, I want to be in that in that situation because I'm a go getter. Right. And, and that's what my my environment has told me that I need to be. Right. And so now when, when I when I employ those methods, you're telling me, oh, no, you got to wait your turn. There's something called <laughs> right. affirmative action. Right, right, right. And, you know, yeah. well, there's a diversity quota here now. And we got this thing called inclusion and equity and stuff. And, hmm. uh, oh, you're Indian American. Sorry, you make too much money per per capita you know, to, to be at the front of the line on this doesn't matter if like you're the smartest or if you work right. the hardest or doesn't, you know, that's, that, that is not music to our ears. I don't care what, right. you know, any, any real, any real man, any real hustler is going to, is going to wince at that, at that notion. That's good. Right. Yeah. 
We need opportunity, and, and young people, just like all people, need to know yeah. that if you invest, if you work, you will succeed. Right, and and the yeah. reason why people, why men, um, again, there's a there's a there's a focus here that I that I want that I'm trying to hit. Why men want to establish themselves is so that they can get married and have kids and leave a legacy. Right, that is the ultimate yeah. goal. Right, and so so whatever is not like whatever the policies are that are going to make that happen, the policies that allow me to establish myself as someone who has some wealth, some purpose in my society, in my community, to the point that I will then be able to get married and have children and establish a family and a legacy and something that exists after me, right? Whoever has those policies are the ones that are going to have my vote, right? And that's why we love Josh Hawley, right? He talks about the, mm. how important family formation is, right? That's why he's so popular with the young sort of the young base, the young future base, right? And Matt right. Gates, right? And all yep. these folks who decide who who are loud about, you know, the 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 traditional family structure being back in the in, in the fold. Right? Yeah. And, and why we and love Trump. Like, right? I was gonna say like Donald Trump, him. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And and it's funny, I think he's been an enigma to a lot of people. Why do young people gravitate toward him? Why do young men gravitate toward him? Well, because he's demonstrated that if you work hard, if you hustle, you're going to make it. And yeah. and he sets that example, and he's not ashamed of it. He's not embarrassed by <laughs> embarrassed right. by it. Yeah, that's exactly. incredible. Um, when you look at the country right now, so outside of you know moving moving away from the youth vote and and uh, urban coalitions, but just more broadly, what do you see as the major obstacles that exist right now that would prevent us from moving forward? And when I say forward. I mean, away from the tyranny that we're experiencing right now and kind of the the social oppression. And, you know, we could talk about CRT and intersectionality and all that stuff. What are the major obstacles that would prevent us from getting back to a place of, um, you know, really being proud to be Americans and back to our core values? Well, the, the one of the top concerns all over the country, I think right now is is voter integrity. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. there's there's a, a a serious serious need for conservatives and 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 and, and patriots to get involved in the the not sexy process of right. keeping the integrity of our votes. Right. Yeah. That is that is the challenge. Going and doing that work of being you know precinct committee men or you know, elections administrator or, or, you know, be the polling manager, polling station manager and getting into the infrastructure of, of the voting process. It's, it's, uh, itself is, should be a top priority for any serious conservative on an individual basis, uh, for any serious conservative organization, uh, anybody that's that, that wants to seriously call themselves a conservative Voter ID, the whole throw the kitchen sink at the vo- the voter integrity issue, right? The there this needs the the electorate cannot be polluted with fraudulent votes, illegal votes. You know, here in New York City, they're they're allowing illegals to vote, right? In in yeah. local in local elections, you're really telling me that this yeah. you know that this government's going to be able to keep the integrity and make sure those votes don't pollute <laughs> the federal one. I don't right. think so. I don't right. trust that. Right. You know, you know, 
That's not a problem. Right. I'm from the streets. I know a scam when I see one, right? Sure. So, sure. you know, that, so like that, there's, we need to throw everything at the voter integrity issue and, and make sure that we are intimately involved in the, in the process of keeping the integrity of our votes. Do you believe that Americans generally are conservative and care about the things that we care about, and that's why election integrity is so important? Because if, if the election is fair, if the election is right, then Americans will do the right thing. Is that your kind of view on that? Yeah, absolutely. I, there, I, I think that, that America, the, the American uh, electorate, the tide is turning towards us, and that is why you're seeing such a desperate attempt by right. the elite class. It's not just a Democrat or a Republican thing, right? right. Uh, right. It's 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 the elites, the the yeah, imposter right, class yeah. that sits in D.C. and your you know your Brennans of the world and you know your Clappers of the world and and these folks you know the George Soros types and all that they have sunk their hooks in to so many parts of our you know of our society of our apparatus that we need to get involved to, to pull them out and pulling out hooks is a painful process, but it needs to yeah. be done, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, we're, we're seeing tyranny, you know, rise up and, and much of it fall away around the world. And, and it, it's very instructive for us as Americans. I'm so thankful more and more <laughs> every day as, as difficult as things have been, I'm more and more thankful for our constitution, our bill of rights, and for some of the protections that we have, even though so many have been trampled on, but we're watching what's happening in Canada, and um, we see that taking place. When you were talking about strong men and uh, you know what, what young men are drawn to, I, I couldn't help but think of Justin Trudeau. He's like the, the ultimate beta male, like, like weak, weak guy, right? And so he's desperate, so he's doing desperate things. But he is um, very much a tyrant right now. Um, when you see that happening and things like that happening, um, what impact do those events? We, we've seen this happen in Australia. Some of that is is you know self-correcting now in Australia, but certainly in Canada, we don't know how that's going to turn out. How do those events impact what's happening locally in the United States? Do they help us? Do they hurt us? Do they cause alarm in the hearts of people who are afraid to lose what they have? Uh, what impact does that have for us when we see what's happening around the world? I would I would actually retort and say that we that we actually initiated this impact interesting through january 6th and the regime's reaction to january 6th right so 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 what you're seeing in canada in terms of the invoking of the emergency powers act right is the same thing that you're you've been seeing here in Mm -hmm. in uh in america after the january 6th incident where the national security apparatus is now being turned inward to against our own citizens and this is always the the ultimate endpoint that these petty tyrants and these governments uh intend to deploy right is to yeah. turn the awesome powers of the national security apparatus what was you know there's a there's a clip of Alyssa Slotkin earlier this year talking about how the paradigm of national security for what they call terror, the war on terror, has always been the war on foreign terror. But now moving forward, the focus will be the war on domestic terror. 
And yeah, so, right. the, and and look, the, the, you had all these truckers show up in Canada to you know peacefully protest. Um, you know, they're the the petty tyrant nature and 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 orders of of Justin Trudeau. And he turns around and he says that they're all racists, misogynists. Right. They're carrying swastika <laughs> flags, right. right? Like you can, what a joke! It's a it's a clown world scenario yeah. that yeah. instead of just trying to address these people, you know, uh, who are protesting as human beings, as your constituents, as your citizens, with serious, you know, with serious concerns, uh, that you just turn around and label them as racist yeah. and misogynist yeah. and you're hoping the media class is going to carry your water and and help help you write this entire mm. constituency off you know that's yeah. that's basically and and then to turn around and invoke government powers to get them under control and they're erecting now you're seeing them erect fences around the parliament and all that that was already done for january 6th yeah. remember pelosi had a, right we sure. we initiated this Right, yeah. the the regime, the 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 petty imposter regime that that sort of sits on top of our nation, you know, strangling it and and, and you know suffocating it. They are the ones who who gave the playbook away, and and now you're just seeing other governments follow. So what do we do? What what is the path forward for Americans? What do we do to cast off the tyranny here in the United States? And if we're leading the way for the rest of the world to provide a better example, what do Americans need to do right now? And, in, you know, we've got the midterms coming up. We have the general election um, not too far off. Uh, wh- what do we need to do? What, what steps do we need to take? Our most talented, you know, are the, the, the ones who are, who are our best, you know, the ones that we trust. They should all be focused on finding out who each other are, being connected and being strong. And each of them, and I like to give solutions, you know, that transcend the political cycles of yeah, right. midterms and, and, you know, the, the Senate elections and the presidency, sure. you know, sure. no, well, we need to, we need to think of evergreen solutions, you know, and an evergreen solution is, especially in a time like this, you know, we should be figuring out who do we trust? Who do we know? Who's the most talented? We should figure out who that network is, know each other. And then we, each of us, become a node in that network, and we organize folks mm. in our area, in our network, our virtual network, our physical network, our community network, our work network. We should all be organizing and figuring out who who each other are, organizing that under uh, you know an umbrella, and those nodes working together. Because yeah. there's little mission, there's little side quests and little missions that need to be achieved to get to to win the big mission. You know what I right. mean? But but you we all need to know what the little missions are in between. And the, the only way we know that is if we keep each other apprised of it. Right. And so, the, you know, the, we need to unify and work together. It, you know, that's my long way of saying that. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. a it, it's actually very cliche. Right. Unify, work together. Right. But the way that looks today is what I think is that each person, you know, who's trusted and talented needs to be organizing the, the folks who are who are like-minded and creating that community, fortifying it, and then working within the larger picture to achieve, yeah. you know, our ends of freeing the shackles of tyranny and stopping this tyrannical paradigm from becoming yep. the norm, right? Yeah. 
That's fantastic. Man, I appreciate it. Uh, Vish, where can people follow, follow you, follow the work that you're doing, uh, learn more about what you care about? Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter, at uh, Vish Burra, V-I-S-H-B-U-R-R-A. Follow me on Getter. Another great example, we need to be supporting the institutions that are being yep. built for us to fight back. So uh, if you don't have a Getter account, join Getter. Uh, follow me there, at Vish Burra. Um, I have a YouTube page as well. Uh, I've been banned on Facebook and Instagram, so can't <laughs> find me there. Um, sure. But uh, – but yeah, but uh, that's um, yeah. The, Twitter is mainly where I'm. I was spreading my action these days, and and uh, and Getter. That's good. Yeah, I just got on Getter uh, about a month ago, and I'm super happy to be there. There's a lot of good, a lot of good work being done there. So that's awesome, Vishburra. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it, and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. I wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life. Often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide, with over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our servicemen and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies for eternity. Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is mightyoaksprograms.org. Appreciate you joining me today. What an important conversation and so well articulated. Uh, Really, sometimes it's hard (laughs) with conversations like this one, not just to get the concept, but to have action steps behind it. And Vish did that so well for us. And I really, really appreciate that. Make sure you're following him as he continues to produce content and provide insights that are so helpful to all of us. Again, thank you for watching. If you are um, not yet subscribed to this show, you're listening on your favorite podcast platform. That's awesome. Make sure that you are subscribed so that you know exactly when this and other content comes out. And if you're not watching, and for those of you that are listening, thank you for doing that, but make sure you watch. You can find the video of this conversation and all of our conversations on the Salem Podcast Network. You get there by going to SalemPodcastNetwork.com, SalemPodcastNetwork.com. You can find the podcast, you can find archived episodes, you can find the video, and you can find some other great podcasts as well. And we would love to have you join us there. Thank you again. We will talk to you next time. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.